0: Hey, it's Greg Otten here with MaritimeGardening.com. Episode 57, brought to you by Bessie Seeds and Safer's Gardening Products. Hey, everyone. Uh, if you hadn't noticed, I have a new sponsor. I'm going to talk more about that probably next episode. Uh, I've got a couple more details to work out, but uh, it's going to be Sapers. Uh, I only contacted two companies to be my sponsor this year, and those are the two companies that are my sponsors. So that's great. They're paying for this whole thing, and you get to listen for free the uh, Safer's Gardening product uh, line of products I used in my garden last year um, and uh, I think we're gonna have a coupon code just like with uh, Vessi's where you can get uh, some kind of discount on the product line and you can order everything online and so on and so forth so anyway we'll talk a more about that next episode today I'm going to talk about the concept of the no-till garden and a trap i think a lot of people fall into a mental trap around the idea that you can't till a no-till garden and what i'm really speaking to specifically is the first year a new garden you got a piece of land there's no garden there maybe it's just a lawn or something like that and you want to make it into a gardening and you've watched a couple of documentaries perhaps you've seen um, the back to Eden garden film, or you've seen uh Roof Stout um, a video on YouTube, or you've watched uh, the content of other YouTubers, or you've uh, listened to uh, Bill Mollison or Jeff Lawton or whatever, and, or uh, you know, there's a broad range of different gurus that talk about this sort of topic, and you've got fixated in your mind that You can't tell you're not allowed so I think the problem there is that we we tend to get focused on the idea that there's one big truth or one big secret or one thing one monolithic idea that's the idea that solves everything and really not everything works that way often there's a multiplicity of solutions Uh, there's an adaptive process uh, in many things we do in life, that there's never really one thing. I mean, I, I'm a parent. There's no one secret to raising children. It's uh, you learn what works with one kid doesn't necessarily work with the other kid. Uh, things that worked with you, that you feel were good approaches work with you, don't work with your own kids. <laughs> things you like, they don't like, and so on and so forth. Uh, there's lots of gray areas and there's lots of uh, adaptation that's required on your part and uh, gardening's no different and learning how to do permaculture the whole back to Eden no-till all that sort of it's, it's, it's no different um, so I'm talking about the first year here if you if you have a piece of land and you cover it with I don't know let's say you cover it with a whole bunch of wood chips or you get a piece of ground, and you cover it with a whole bunch of hay. Or let's say you're a little more ambitious, and uh, you've got access to even more resources. So let's say you cover it with uh, four inches of uh, manure of some kind, and then you put uh, leaves over that, then you put hay over that, or maybe you're using cardboard, a layer of cardboard in there somewhere. You're doing all that stuff. Uh, if you think that in one year all the existing soil that's beneath that is gonna be completely loose and broken down and ready to go uh, at least in my experience here you're, you're fooling yourself uh, its I think if you cover that soil you put a really good mulch on that and leave it for a number of years uh, because you're creating an environment that uh, different forms of soil life like and they'll get moving around, and they will loosen that soil up. But that will take a number of years, uh, depending on your climate and the the kind of existing soil you have to start with and how many months of the year the microbial life and the different organisms of the soil are actually active. If you live somewhere cold and northern like where I live, uh, nothing's really happening in the winter. I mean, I'm sure there's something happening if you, if you want to get really strict about it. But there's no... Worms swimming around when it's minus 15 Celsius outside. Nothing's happening. It's just waiting, right? Everything's in a sort of dormant state, waiting for the sun to come back and for things to warm up. Uh, So it's going to take a long time for that soil to become loose and and light and and an ideal growing medium for a broad range of plants. Um, If you want to do the no-till thing and you literally do not want to turn the soil over, uh, I would say the first three or four or five years in that gardening space, you should only plant things that, um uh, I've heard co- advice to the contrary on this, but I don't agree with it. Um, I wouldn't plant too many root vegetables, uh, unless you're planting like something like potato, But because if you plant a potato, you're going to end up turning things over, right? So you're kind of hand-tilling. But if you're going to just put down a, a few layers of mulch and put some carrots in the ground, uh, there's people that say well those carrots'll their roots will get down there and they'll they'll open up the soil and I imagine that's true to some extent, but at the end of that year you're going to have these little crappy small carrots <laughs> you're not going to have nice long big carrots you 're going to have small short, stubby carrots because the soil's hard, <laughs> and it takes a long time for the soil to get loosened up just by microbial life uh, so I think we tend to get overzealous when we discover some new approach like this. And we, we start almost like the way people uh, like to listen to a snake oil salesman. And, I mean, a lot of these proponents and these gurus and stuff, they're not selling anything. They're not making any money off of this at all. They, they've discovered a, a fantastic approach to gardening, and they want everybody to know. Uh, but the way it gets presented is, oh, you got to do this, and everything's going to be great. Uh, if you want nice, deep, loose soil, uh, If you have nice deep loose soil and you cover it with a mulch and keep it covered with a mulch, it's going to stay that way. I've got I've got garden beds like that. But if you have hard compacted hard clay soil and you cover with a mulch, uh, you come back next year, it's it's going to be hard. You you might have you might go from having less than an inch of loose soil to having about an inch or so of loose soil, and then the next year maybe you'll have two inches of loose soil, right? But it's going to happen slowly and gradually like that and I, I'll give you a perfect example of this sort of thing uh, last year and I've, I've I've got plenty of footage about of this on my YouTube channel if you look at my Ruth stout potato follow-up my culture bed potato follow-up because it's a perfect example because I'm growing the same kind of tomato or same kind of potatoes side by side in the same basic area but under two sets of conditions. In one garden, I've used the roof stout approach. I just put down manure, stuck some potatoes in it, and I put about a foot of hay over that and walked away. And that grew pretty good. And for the amount of time that took, it took about six minutes to build a, a four by eight bed. So, and I got a half decent yield. But right next to that bed, I created a hugelkultur garden where I dug. All, you know, I I created a wooden frame about, you don't have to do it this way, but I created a a wooden frame with logs about four by eight. And then with a shovel, I took all the soil out and put it in buckets and wheelbarrows and stuff like that. And then I put a bunch of rotten wood in there. I put some seaweed in there. I put some leaves in there. I put some horse manure in there. And then I put all that original soil back on top. So, in essence, I tilled the soil. Right. All the initial soil that was had been in the same place for decades or eons or whatever. I really don't know the history of the soil here, but you know, it was pretty hard and had rocks and giant rocks in it and all kinds of different trees and, you know, all kinds of different things. Right. It was like doing an archaeological dig. So that soil had been like that and compacted and hard and clay for a long, long, long time and I just took it all out with a shovel and put it all back in so in essence it was tilled, right it was moved around the potatoes that came out of that garden were just fan- fin- fantastic right uh, you look at the video each one of them is the size of a softball it's the same kind of potatoes I'm growing in the adjacent rootstock garden they're consistently large they just look amazing the, the plants were fantastic and both gardens didn't require any watering or any maintenance or anything like that. But the results of the two different gardens were night and day. And it's because I would say that the soil that the uh, the culture bed, it was just looser, right? I had loosened it all up and worked stuff into it and so on. Um, now, at the end of – but that's all I'm going to do. For that was year one, right? I went from no garden to a garden. I loosened all that soil up. I don't have to loosen it again right that soil is going to be perpetually covered in a mulch for the rest of my time here in this location and it's going to remain loose for that time because if, as long as you keep the soil covered you keep a, a good mulch on your soil it will continue to be loose that's just the way this sort of thing works you're keeping all the organisms in the soil happy they're going to keep moving around and doing their thing in there and they're going to keep your soil loose for you also by not tilling uh, All the different plants that you grew in there you're leaving the roots of those plants in there and the roots will rot and break down and so where those roots were you think of a root imagine you've got a a root all the fingers of roots going down into the soil and then that plant dies what do you think happens to the those roots those roots become vertical tunnels down into your soil right the roots are going to rot something you know different microbes and stuff like that are just going to eat that rotting plant material and where the root was now becomes a hole and different things will use that to travel and some of it will fall and some of it won't but that root becomes like a uh, like those things that uh, I don't know what the hell they're called those aeration machines that they use for lawns those things that take the plugs out the root becomes that sort of thing because the root turns into nothing and leaves uh, all these little micro holes and caverns and caves and stuff like that. If you if you can think about it like that, in your soil. So, what did I do with that garden where I had the potatoes? So when the, I, you know I harvested the potatoes out of it, and in the fall, uh, in one of them anyway, I put uh, garlic in that garden. I planted a garlic every eight inches in the entire garden. And covered it with uh, about a foot high of uh, spoiled hay and walked away. Uh, actually, no, that one I might have put uh, seaweed on top of it. And the adjacent hugo culture bed, I did the same thing. Uh, I, I didn't plant any garlic in it, but I put about that one I put hay on. So the adjacent hugo uh, culture bed where I had potatoes, I took all the potatoes out. I didn't have to dig too much because they just came out because the soil was so nice and loose. And I just Covered the whole thing with about a foot high of spoiled hay, and just left it to take care of itself over the course of the winter. Uh, when if things ever thaw out <laughs> this spring, uh, we got about—I think we're about a week away from spring. Um, I'll be planting something in there, uh, you know, quite soon. I haven't decided what I'm going to plant there yet. I, I did a garden plan, but I can't recall off the top of my head what I said I'd plant there. Uh, but that garden's just ready to have stuff planted in and I'm not gonna till that. I'm not gonna do anything to it this year. I'm either gonna put seeds in there or if I've got some sort of transplant, I'll just plug them in. That's all you gotta do. So that's the point I want to get across today. Shh, it's okay. Maybe there's gonna be people that disagree with me. Oh you're ruining the soil and the life on the soil. Look, the soil's gonna adapt. The soil's gonna bounce back. If you turn it over once, it's you're not you're not turning it into a lifeless desert by turning it over once. Um, what you're doing is your jump-starting, right? You're kick-starting the <laughs> process, right? Instead of waiting eight years for the organisms uh, in the soil to loosen it up, you're just getting it done quickly with a little bit of elbow grease and some back work. Uh, so for me, you know, because we only live so long, <laughs> right, uh, if you've got the energy, you, you know, a couple kids down the street that uh, don't mind uh, doing a little bit of work for 20 bucks or whatever, I would say uh, my advice, and I'm, you know, if you need permission, right, <laughs> so I, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm freed up in a lot of ways because I'm not a famous permaculture guru. I can just say whatever, whatever on earth I want about this sort of thing, and I'm speaking from experience. Uh, in year one, and I've done both, because I watched all the same documentaries that you watched and got excited. It's like, oh, all I got to do is put down a mulch and I can plant anything. It's going to grow amazingly. And maybe that works somewhere. Maybe that works in Australia someplace really hot. Um, but uh, I wasn't too impressed with the results I got when I did that sort of thing. Much more impressed with garden beds where I loosened everything up. And I got really good results year one. And then subsequent years. There's no tilling, there's no turning over, there's no nothing like that. Um, I just put seeds down or or plug in uh, transplants or plants I move from another location. Uh, That approach (coughs) seems to be the one that works best, is most expedient, and I've had success with it. You don't have to worry about destroying your soil by turning it over once. It's not. That's, you're not destroying anything, right? All you're doing is speeding something up. If you keep turning it over, yeah, I think you're going to be doing some damage there because soil isn't really meant to be turned over. over. Where in nature does that happen, right? But if you're trying to get your soil nice and loose and ready to be a vegetable garden, then I think it's... I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I think you're going to find, you if you're new to this or you're, you've got a garden and you've been listening about no-till gardening, you're thinking of expanding your garden a little bit. Um, yeah, I wouldn't hang back and just, you know, if if you've got the energy, if you've got the time. Now, if you want to try the no-till approach um, and don't turn anything over, go ahead. I did it last year. And I was happy with my results. I just, as a, as a gardener, I was happier with the <laughs> results I got when I, when I loosen the soil a bit and, I, and unless there's some disease in my soil I'm, I can predict I'm gonna have fantastic garlic out of that garden this year nice big garlic because anything that's growing in the ground like that it wants nice loose soil and even plants that grow above the ground uh, they, like, they like nice loose soil so that their roots can get down and you know branch out put the soft root, uh, fine root hairs everywhere. And so they. the more extensive your root system is, the more able the plant is to find what it needs to be healthy. You have a bigger plant, you have a healthier plant, you have a more pest-resistant plant. You have a plant you don't have to water as much. You're going to get a better yield. Everything's going to taste better because the plant's going to have all the nutrients it needs. Not because you're adding to the soil, but because your soil is healthy. There's all kinds of organisms living in there. Eating decaying plant matter and creating basically insect uh, poop, right, insect manure. That's the best manure in the world because it's evenly distributed all throughout your soil. Think about it when you put a couple inches of of manure on a garden and then you fork it all and you turn it all over. What are you doing? You're distributing nutrients throughout your soil, right, and it works. But if you've got nice loose soil that's full of microorganisms and you've got a layer of mulch on top, there's different organisms at different levels of the soil doing different things. All of those organisms are feeding on something. And if something goes in the front, something comes out the back. And all of that stuff is being distributed throughout your soil by those organisms without any work from you. right? All you're doing is adding a mulch on top every year, which is the easiest thing you could possibly do. Um, when you look at the range of tasks in a garden, it's easier than weeding. It's easier, easier than perpetual watering. You do it once, and the garden takes care of itself, fertilizes itself. Everything takes care of itself. So that's what I would recommend. You're breaking new ground. Go ahead and break it. <laughs> Get in there, turn it over, loosen up. Uh, if you want to use something, I've also found that um, this is a kind of a neat, neat observation. If you do have access to, I'm always talking about horse manure because it's the Cheapest manure you can get. You you can often get it for free. Uh, People always talk about how weedy horse manure is. It's full of weeds, which is true. It is full of weeds. And if you put it on top of your garden, unless you've got some sort of paper or cardboard over it, you're going to get weeds. But I would say the vast majority of the kinds of things that grow in fields different grasses clovers and things like that the seeds of those plants have to be near the surface to germinate okay they need a certain amount of warmth they need a certain uh, they need a certain amount of heat to germinate so they have to be near the surface where the heat is right the deeper you go in the soil it gets colder and colder and colder a lot of seeds need a certain temperature right? like a summer temperature maybe some of them need 5 degrees Celsius, some of them need 10, some of them need 15. So, if you're turning your soil over, if you're using an approach like that culture thing, uh, it actually can work. Here's a really simple way to do it. You, wherever your garden's going to go, you remove all that soil and just put it in buckets or put it on top of a tarp or something like that, and then you've got a hole. Fill that hole with about 4 or 5 inches of horse manure, and then put All that soil back on top so let's say you've got six inches of topsoil you put that on top so it's six inches deep I have observed that the weed seeds that are in the horse manure cannot get through that much soil they're just not you think about all the things that live in a field there fields don't have in nature naturally Six inches of soil just appearing on top of everything, right? That just doesn't happen. If you put six inches of soil on top of the soil on a field, there's already an established root system. Certain plants will be able to find their way through that. But I'm talking about seeds, right? The kinds of seeds that are on the tops of the plants where they flowered. The seeds that fall or the seeds that are attached to the hay in a field, and those are all the seeds that are in the horse, and those are all the seeds that come out of the horse, right? Or the cow or the sheep or the whatever you we're talking about here, right? Those are field seeds. If those seeds are six inches deep underground, they're not going to germinate. Or even if they do germinate, they're not the kind of seed that can punch through that much soil. They just can't do it. They might grow a tiny bit, and they exhaust the energy that's in the seed, and they can't find their way through. So what are you left with, right? You've got this beautiful, loose, loamy soil, which is the soil you dug up. Underneath that soil is two or three or four seasons worth of food and nutrients for all the worms and everything. You're going to get a, become a huge boost in the life in the soil because of all of that food matter <laughs> you placed underneath the soil. And you're going to be mulching that perpetually adding mulches never leaving that soil bare, so in that sense you're adding another food source for the life in the soil on top so going forward that's gonna be a seriously productive garden and that's a way to use horse manure without having to weed that charges up your soil that doesn't cost anything if you can source it for free in a lot of places uh, they might, you know, it's, it's it'll cost money if if you they have to deliver it to you, or if if you go there and the farmer has got to get in his tractor and use, use his tractor to load it in a truck or something like that. Um, but if a lot, some places will just let you show up with a car and a couple buckets, and as long as you got your own shovel, they don't care. Just take whatever you can get, right? Um, there's places like that. I, I I can find there's probably three places within 30 minutes of where I live that will allow you to do that that I can think of off the top of my head. So um, and those are just places I found on uh, Kijiji. I don't know where you know, you're a listener, where you are in the world. But uh, we've got this thing called Kijiji. You just go online and people that have stuff they want to sell or whatever, they uh, advertise it on there. And, and a lot of times on Kijiji, I think another version of that is Craigslist, I think, um, they'll just say, horse manure, free, come, take it. Because <laughs> they, they, they get so much they get to get rid of it, right? Um, you know, a lot of these uh, stables they've got a place where it goes and that place where the horse when go- goes is only so large and it starts getting filled up and they gotta get rid of the stuff uh, so uh, just a little uh, tip or trick because uh, we're getting into that sort of that time of year I, I recommend doing all this sort of work in the fall because in the spring you can just do the fun stuff but if you haven't and lots of people don't uh, and even I even I uh, the Maritime Gardener. Uh, there's a couple things I didn't get to last fall, and on top of that, as always, uh, I'd like to expand my garden a little bit this year. I've got some ideas, and I'm going to be doing that very thing. That uh, simple approach—it's it's, it's hugel culture like, except you're not putting wood underneath; you're just putting manure underneath. But it's so quick and it's so fast. Um, you might even call it a, a poor man's hugel culture. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to do some videos on that, uh, assuming I can find the time to set those gardens up. But i got a space in my yard where I want to do this. i prefer to do like a trellised garden where I'm going to grow uh, potatoes, I think. So stay tuned for that. Anyway, that's today's topic. It's okay to till in year one. It's not a big deal. The soil will come back, and you're going to jumpstart the whole process. You're going to get uh, quicker results. But don't till it after that. Right? Tilling isn't, you know, over the long run, tilling is not good for your soil. It's not meant to be turned over like that. All the living things in the soil uh, don't like being tossed up and exposed to the air and a lot of the nitrogen gets lost from the soil. And uh, over the long run, it's not a good practice. But certainly in year one, if you've got hard, compacted soil, you're gonna, it's going to be loosened up a lot quicker if you just turn it over. <laughs> Anyway, so I think that just about wraps it up for this week. I hope that was uh, useful. I hope you got a couple interesting ideas or tips there. Please uh, let me know what you think of that in the comments. I really appreciate the comments. I appreciate the input. Uh, a lot of my uh, – you know, when I'm reading comments on YouTube and for this uh, podcast, uh, whenever I have an idea for a show, I got, I've got this huge notepad file on my computer where I write down ideas for shows if I – if I don't come up with one, uh, oftentimes uh, the week I'm recording, uh, I'll take walks and I'll, I'll open my yard and I'll try to think of something. And something, whatever I'm looking at, I'll come up with an idea for content. But if I can't come up with anything, and today's a perfect example, I'll just look at my list and see what catches my eye. So today, I said, "Well, I got to record tonight. This is the night I have for recording," and I saw this thing saying. Uh, it's, uh, I think what I wrote down was it's okay to run, it's okay to till in stage one, I think is what I wrote down. But I think year one is the better term. And year one is stage one. And uh, that was, that came from a question that someone asked me you know, Is it ever okay to till? Like, is it wrong to till? You know, all these people are saying you shouldn't do it. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. You know, year one, go for it turn it over, loosen it up, right? You're just speeding things up. Um, but then stop. All right. I think that's all I got to say. So thanks for listening everybody. And until next time, get out there, get at it. Have fun in your garden.